0: This is a tree that I bring children to. This is an eastern hemlock, probably between 300 and
1: 400 years old. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about places and people in the Green Mountain state. It's hard to envision, but in the late 1800s, about 80% of Vermont was deforested. The only place where large timber stands remained safe were where they were inaccessible, like high up in the Green Mountains. But in a few places, the original forest, with very old trees, can still be found. In the town of Killington, Gifford Woods State Park was developed in the 30s, and it includes 285 acres. The park also contains one of the few old-growth hardwood forests remaining in Vermont, There you can find grand-sized hemlock, beech, yellow birch, and white ash trees. A state-designated natural area of old forest at Gifford Woods is off-limits to the public, but visitors can see some of these trees up close on an interpretive trail at the park's entrance. Rebecca Roy, a Vermont State Park's regional manager, met with me in May at Gifford Woods State Park to talk about these beautiful old trees. Here's Rebecca this
0: eastern hemlock tree is one of the most striking giants of the forest here. And I always bring children to this place because it just strikes you in seeing it. And if you look at the bark, it's thicker and more fissured than any hemlock tree that you've probably ever seen. And you look up at this tree and this tree is at least 100 feet tall and the branches start way, way high up. The canopy is really high here. Hemlocks that we see commonly growing around, they have branches that are growing way below here. So it's a tall, super tall tree, much bigger than any other tree that I've ever seen. And it's about 40 inches in diameter. Looking around in the forest, we have some smaller trees that are growing here. And the typical size of trees we see are between 6 and 15 inches in diameter. So this hemlock tree is markedly larger. It takes four second graders to reach their arms around around the trunk of this tree. And for people, as you can see, we stepped off the trail here, and a lot of people have stepped off the trail. You can see that because people head into this trail and they see this tree and they're just drawn to it because... It's impossible to not see a tree like this and have it change your heart. It's such a special creature here in the forest.
1: What about the forest floor? Does it look different when there are old trees? What is that like? What does that look like? Absolutely. That's one
0: of the hallmarks of an old growth forest is these huge, huge, huge trees. They're giant. When they fall over, they usually bring their roots with them. So the roots end up tipping up is how we describe it so the roots are up in the air and then they molder over time and they create these mounds but where they peeled up off the forest floor they create these dips or these pits and so looking at the forest floor it's very bumpy with rises and falls or what we call pit and mound topography because it's these low points and higher points that are created by massive trees falling on their own in the forest because it's a, undisturbed by humans. So if you're walking around in any younger forest, you can see that the ground is very tends to be very smooth, but it's such a different forest floor in the old growth forest because of that. The pit and mounds are quite striking.
1: It's interesting because in what the late 1800s, what, 80% of Vermont had been shorn of its trees. So very new forest in most of Vermont, relatively speaking. Do you know why these old trees here were spared?
0: That, haircut—that that is such a mystery that we don't really know. So there are pockets of old growth across Vermont, you know, smaller pockets. Most of them are in these really inaccessible areas on top of Mount Mansfield, where you have these kermolzed spruce trees that are old but small in stature because they live in such a harsh environment. That's most of our old growth is like that. But here, honestly, it's a mystery. No one knows why they were spared. It could have been just... The owner, the settler who was here at the time, just really liked that spot. Maybe it was a favorite hunting spot, or for whatever reason, they were spared when, meanwhile, most of Vermont was deforested at the time. And so it feels like a miracle that there's this pocket of old trees that you can come and see.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Like, why did that happen?
0: Yeah, and wow. we don't know. It's one of the great mysteries
1: of this it kind natural of makes area. It even that more, much more interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned other kind of old growth areas, like on mountaintops, but that looks very different. These are not tall; they're
0: small in size. You would look at a tree like that and think, "Oh, it can't be that old." And their growth rings are just really, really close together. They're growing so slowly because they're in such a harsh environment. Mm-hmm. And a place that wasn't accessible for people to log (laughs) at the time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Gifford Woods State Park has been around since the 30s. And then the Gifford Woods Natural Area was designated in 1965 to protect some of the few remaining hardwood old growth forests in the Northeast United States. But then you also have on this interpretive trail, kind of outside of that protected area, you have these old trees. Do you have a favorite tree in this part of the park?
0: It's hard to pick a favorite anything, right? But that hemlock that I took you to is my favorite. It's just so striking. I just really love that tree. I love sharing it with people and just seeing how it changes them to see it. That one is my favorite.
1: Yeah, it's a beauty, definitely. Yeah. Can you tell me about the natural area? So it's off limits to visitors. It's used for research. The public can't get in there. Do you know who donated that? area that natural area in yeah. the state how did that happen in the
0: 30s when this first became a park the state purchased some acreage and but the piece that contains the old growth was still owned by a man called Walter Barrows, and he was observing that people were stopping to visit to check out the trees. He thought, this is something that's really special, and I want to protect it in perpetuity so that people can continue to enjoy this. And so he donated that parcel to the state. That was in 1932. The reason why it became a state natural area in the 1965, I think, in the mid-60s, was because that's when the state legislature passed the law that we could designate state natural areas. So it was designated in the very first wave of state natural areas being designated. It was in that first list. It was something that my department at the time really wanted to see happen. So that was pushed through. And that's why it became a natural area at that time. That's why it took a while.
1: But the state kind of had the... Foresight to just, it wasn't like, oh yeah, we might need to cut these down to make room for trails. You know, like they knew these were special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was a consideration that went into play when that land was donated. Like, here's something that's really special. And I think a lot of people in Vermont who were wealthy enough to have land that they could donate that they saw other people were enjoying, they wanted to donate it to the state. I mean, if you want to protect something in perpetuity, if the state will take it and make it into a state park, you know that it will be protected for other people's enjoyment forever. It's just like Walter Barrows really had this forethought to know that this was something that needed to be protected. And, you know, the state has this wonderful balance of use and recreation and protection, conservation, and setting it aside completely, which is what we've done with that old growth forest.
1: Do you know of any other old growth, growth forests, like you have these old trees here on the interpretive trail that you can see and get close to. Do you know of other areas in Vermont that have that?
0: It's not very common. I think it's less than 1% of Vermont's forests are old growth, but there are quite a few on state land. One of them is actually at Emerald Lake State Park. There's a designated natural area, and it's just off the very last loop of the campground, and there are some massive trees there. And I worked at Emerald Lake, and when I worked there, one of the trees fell over near one of the campsites, not super close, but Close enough that the people were, it was at night, they were in their tent sleeping, and they told, the next day, they came running down to the office to tell me about it, and they said, it sounded like the end of the world, (gasps) hearing this behemoth fall over in the forest, so... That's one of the the examples of a place where there is old growth. But if you're familiar with that park, it's on the Taconic Mountains and it's very steep. So that's an area that you would say, oh, it makes sense that nobody cut the trees there because it's such a steep area and accessing it is very difficult. But that's an example where there are really large trees that are similar to the trees that we have here at Gifford Woods. But there are a lot of examples of mountainous areas that have old growth forests like Roy Mountain Wildlife Management Area, which is in Barnet, has old growth spruce, very similar small trees that you would look at and not realize how old they are. <laughs> um, and there, so most of the old growth in the Northeast, just even beyond Vermont, is places that were inaccessible to cutting and weren't great for farming.
1: And not necessarily obvious to someone like me, who's not a forester or works for the state you wouldn't necessarily know that that's old growth right you might see that tree and
0: think oh it wouldn't even cross your mind to think that it would be old like the trees here at Gifford Woods you see them
1: and you think wow that is
0: a strikingly large huge tree yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and did these trees here get so tall just because they're protected you're not on a mountaintop like is there a reason that these trees got so tall
0: they're old so they've been growing here for a really long time between 250 and 400 years, so they've had that time to grow large. But yes, this is a perfect place to grow. The soils are really rich and deep. It's not overly windy like the top of Mount Mansfield or Roy Mountain might be. It's a place that's easy to grow, big and beautiful. And the fact that people didn't cut them gave them the chance to grow really tall. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Do you know if in New England or the Northeast, is there a lot of old growth forests in this part of the country? Do you have any idea? The other states
0: in the northern New England are really similar to Vermont, where there are these pockets. And for the most part, a lot of them are in state forests and state parks and protected areas. So it's very similar in the other northern New England states where it's just small pockets here and there. Europeans came here and settled and were trying to make a living and make a life, not make a living. I mean, make a life, like survive, survive in the wilds of northern New England. And just to keep warm, they burnt 40 quarters to firewood a year and grow merino wool to have sheep so that they could stay warm. They had to cut a lot of trees. It was just what was normal at the time. And as a result, we just have pockets of old growth.
1: Are certain trees able to live longer than others? It's true that
0: different trees have different Lifespans with white birch or paper birch, they tend to live maybe 100 years, maybe or 60 years, probably a lot of them start declining. So it is a balance of the species that like to grow in the soil as well as the longevity of their lives. So it's a combination of both things. But what's really unique about Vermont is that the Geology informs the soil type that we have, that informs the trees that grow here. And in Vermont, we have a lot of metamorphic rock, which tends to have a lot of calcium, which is what results in our very rich soils. And that's why we have big, beautiful sugar maples. If you cross over into New Hampshire, they have very acidic soils and you see big, beautiful white pine trees. It's a totally different soil type, totally different composition of trees that grow there in vermont it's this combination of yeah, the soils are really rich so these trees tend to grow and these are the ones that tend to grow old and here we have big beautiful sugar maples (laughs) which you know yeah i know (laughs) it makes this wonderful industry that we have so much beautiful delicious maple syrup
1: (laughs) tell me about the interpretive trail like when it was built and when it kind of became an, an interpretive trail
0: So that was a trail from the beginning of the park. It was built by the Civilian Conservation Corps. So that happened in 1933. But we really wanted to tell more of the story to our visitors and in a way that was passive, that you could hike the trail and observe the trees and read the signs and have more of an understanding about what an old growth forest means. So in 2009, we designed and fabricated these interpretive signs to go along the trail. And it's it's in two parts. One is large signs that tell the story of old growth and what it means and what the forest looks like and what's different and special about it. And then there's another part of the trail that has a lot of tree and plant identification signs, which are smaller. So if you want to learn how to identify the trees and plants that grow here, you can explore that part of the trail as well.
1: That's nice. Do a lot of people know it's here? I
0: hope so. (laughs) I think, well, honestly, I think it's one of those hidden gems. This Gifford Woods Park is very busy with biking and hikers. The Appalachian Trail runs through the park, and we have bike trails in the park, and a lot of people stay here to do some fun things in Killington, and the old growth trail is kind of tucked away near the park entrance, so people probably happen upon it and feel delighted, and I've been here just hanging out because I love it and engaging with visitors who suddenly, I encourage them to head in there, and wow, they see that hemlock tree that I love, and it just changes their life. But I think it is kind of not a destination that people really look to to say, I'm going to visit this park to look at old trees. It's something that's a side benefit when they get here. They make that discovery, which is wonderful. Being around old trees really make me feel connected to the universe and sort of a small part of this bigger story of the world and the environment here. It just... I don't know, to be stereotypical, it's kind of like makes me feel rooted into things Mm -hmm. and connected to something that's bigger than I am.
1: Yeah. Did you, I don't know, when you were growing up in Maine, like, did you, were you interested in trees as a child or is that something kind of later on, like maybe as you become an adult, it's like, oh, maybe you appreciate nature more. Like, what was it for you?
0: No, I grew up in the woods of Central Maine. My parents own about 10 acres. And I used to, I can't believe this, get up at 4.30 in the morning and go out into the woods on my own. And when I was five, I had this kool-aid man backpack and i'd fill it up with my barbies and this time of year head out into the woods and play with my barbies in vernal pools all morning long (laughs) so i've always i've always loved the woods i've always loved the forest and i was really lucky to grow up camping with my family and exploring and adventuring outdoors so i came to this career because of my young love and you know my young as a five-year-old, I was an environmentalist. So it's always been a part of who I am. And the reason I do this work is that I want to inspire more people to care about natural places and feel connected to the land and spin out into their lives, making responsible choices with the things that they purchase and their lifestyle. I've worked for state parks for 19 years and for many years I was managing the interpreter program and I did send, I did have interpreters here off and on over the years. And so I was Deeply invested in developing programming that worked well in this park for the uniqueness of this park. And I've always come camping here since I first started. There's some first started working for the department. There's some really nice lean tos. (laughs) And we have cabins here now, too. So it's a really easy place to stay, even if you're not really, you know, if you don't have a tent, you can come and rent a cabin or a lean to. Yeah. So I've always, always loved this place because I'm interested in trees and hiking those are my favorite favorite things
1: (laughs) yeah that's nice I think this part of the state too it has like that really mountainous alpine feel like that you just feel like you're really in like the heart of Green Mountain National Forest and you know Killington down the road and you're right along Route 100 so you're really like in the heart of Vermont this part of the state is is very special
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And you're right. The Green Mountain National Forest is huge in this part of Vermont. And, you know, even to the south of here, there's just a lot of outdoor recreation available here. No matter what you like to do hiking, woods wandering, sitting in the woods, reading a book, (laughs) mountain biking, whatever you enjoy doing, this
1: part of Vermont really is rich with all of those opportunities. Why should people see the trees here and walk the interpretive trail? What would you say to them? Why should they come here?
0: They should really come here to experience what old trees are like, because moving about their day-to-day lives, they're not likely to see them unless they make the effort to kind of go outside and take a look at these trees. Because you can experience some really beautiful trees in your community, you know, in your yard, near your school, in your town forest. But there's something deeply special about connecting to the earth by seeing gigantic trees.
1: You can learn more by visiting vtstateparks.com slash Gifford. Thanks so much for listening to Happy Vermont. I'm Erica Housekeeper. You can learn more by visiting happyvermont.com or find Happy Vermont on Facebook or Instagram. You can also support Happy Vermont on Patreon or find t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats on my website. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.